uh, we've, been, we've been in the life of Joseph and lessons that we've been learning. We put 10 aside just to build our character. This whole series we've been dealing with has to do with character, character, character development. And this teaching is for believers, but it's also for unbelievers, people who say, I don't know God. I've never been with God. I, 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 don't, I used to go to church and where I've, I've heard some things, but I've never made that commitment. Well, may the, the sovereign Lord's heart shine through all of these teachings. May it stir up something in you, whether you're here, whether you're watching online. May you be stirred up to say, I'm supposed to follow him. I'm supposed to follow him. And this goes beyond self-help projects and lessons. You know, I want to be a better person. We can't be better without God. God is the only one who makes us better. And so as we've been going through this series, um, we've, we've, um, we've had quite a few lessons that talk about Joseph's character. We were talking about the, the pride test, the pit test, the, the prison test, the power test, the prophetic test. Um, all of these tests, and I'm very grateful for uh, Pastor Mark Arstad, who is, um, he's become such a friend and brother of High Street. Um, and I've heard from so many of you how his teachings have impacted you. And as we partner um, here at High Street Worship Center and also in uh, Christ Community Church in Philadelphia and Christ Community in Wilmington, um, we're all going through this same series because we're just trying to get better to be about not just what God wants to do to us. It's good that Joseph had those dreams. It's good that he had it, but it wasn't ultimately for Joseph. God gives us pictures and images, dreams even, because he wants, us to, bring, he wants to bring us to a place of destiny where we're walking out his ultimate purpose for our lives, yes, but he's trying to get through the lives of others. He's trying to reach people. And so when we, as Christians, those who are followers of Jesus, those who says, I was lost in sin, maybe because of what I've done, but mostly because of how I was born. The Bible says that because of Adam's disobedience, we were all born in a state of separation from God. And God's mighty hand rescued me. Can I see the hands of those whose God's mighty hand rescued? Is there anybody in here where you can say, God's mighty hand rescued me? He lifted me up. That's the ones. We are the ones who now, walking with God, God says, I, I didn't just call you. I want to perfect you. It's like, the, it's like that piece of pottery, that piece of clay. Being on the potter's wheel, and he is molding us and making us into the image where we can represent him well. We don't want to represent him weird. We want to represent him well. Put your hand on your chest and say, Lord, help me to represent you, not weird, but well. I want to represent, I want to represent him well. 
Well, part of that, and a big part of that, has to do with character development. What's your character look like? What does it look like when nobody's watching except God? What does it look like? What does it look like when, you, when you, uh, you've been given power? Pam and I went through that, even this, these past three weeks. God has given us so much favor with doctors. I mean, we, we had top, I, I have in my cell phone the surgeon's cell number. And it's not one of those fluffy things that, hey, 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 you know, let me give you a number. And you call, and it's like, da 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 the, 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 uh, the person you're trying, yeah, the subscriber. The subscriber you're trying to reach is not available. It's like, wow. Really, Doc? That's the number you gave me? No. I call, I call Doc 7 in the morning. Hey, Terry, how you doing? How's Pam? 4 in the afternoon. Hey, Terry, how you doing? How's Pam? What do you need? They gave us a lot of, a lot of authority, even when we got to the rehab. We just got doctors and nurses, just crazy power. But then the times when maybe we weren't treated so well, and that's a small percentage. I'm talking about half a percent out of 100, half a percent. Sometimes come up, maybe the second shift didn't get the information. Maybe they didn't come and check. Maybe they didn't bring the pain meds like they should have. But we got power. God's gifted us with power and authority and favor with these big wigs. How do we use the power now? Do we use it to get that person fired? Do we use it to get a little bit more? See, these are the, these are the character tests that God says, if I'm going to give you something, if I'm going to use you in a greater way to bring about the ultimate destiny and purpose that I have for people, you got to be able to pass these tests. you got to pass the test. Make no mistake, I haven't always passed tests. <laughs> I haven't always passed tests. And thank God for erasers and more sheets of paper. Where he can just turn the page and say, okay, let's go at it again. Thank you, Lord. Hey, Thanksgiving week, say that out loud. Say, thank you, Lord, for new opportunities, new mercies every morning. But God's trying to develop in us. He's trying to develop some things. How are you in the, the prison test? What are, you, what are you learning while you're in prison? What are you catching? Are you catching it? Are you, are you a manipulator? What is manipulation? What, is that, what does that mean? That means that I know God's got something for me, but instead of letting God reveal it to you, I'm going to throw some hints out. Why did Joseph stay in prison so long? He was the one saying, hey, you get a chance, tell them about me. God, let that thing simmer. He said, character needed to be worked out. There's certain things that happen during all of these tests, all of these tests, God's trying to perfect. And he says, I will perfect that thing that concerns you going to perfect it. He didn't say, I'm just going to let you be and it's going to be all right. No. He says, I'm going to perfect it, which means he's working on you. He's working on me. He's working on all of us. Look at somebody say, he's working on me. 
Don't say he's working on you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Say he's working. <laughs> say he's working. He's working on me. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, let's, um, let's look at, let's look at the, um, I'm going to do something a little selfish right now. I know Pam's watching. Hi, honey. Oh, that is my sweetie pie. Man, so blessed with her. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the prosperity test. And it's not what you think. Prosperity test isn't like, ooh, more, more, more. And <laughs> it's not going to be like that. We're, we're really talking about the test that you take every, <laughs> every week, every two weeks, um, once a month, it's the test you take every time you get paid. I'm just going to let it sit just for a minute. The test you take every single time God blesses you with resources. It doesn't matter how. Whenever resources come into your hands, what do you do with the test? Here's the test. And as I say, with all the teachings that we put out, none of this is to bring shame. Zero shame. None of this is to bring regret or that kind of hopeless guilt that says, ugh, I messed up. No. Um, our, our, um, our tech team has put up the scriptures that go with this teaching. I'm not going to be able to get to all of them today, but I want you to do your work. Do your part. Sunday mornings is really a tease. It's to lead you into a place. So when you get blessed with income, when you get blessed with resources, when you get blessed with gifts, these are things that have come into your hand. And you know what God says? God says, I want to be first so you can be blessed. Because the redeeming power is on the first. It's on the first. It's not on every now and then I'll honor God. No, he wants your first fruits. Now remember, remember, while I'm saying these things, the enemy comes and whispers. My whole point in teaching, the thing that I love about, about uh, pastoring is, and, and the teaching side of pastoring, every now and then I'll preach, every now and then I'll get fired up and I'll get in. But really, I'm trying to talk in such a way where you get it. And one of the things I want you to understand is that while I'm sharing certain passages and certain points and principles, there is a spiritual force, wicked force, That'll whisper in your ear, shame, regret, and even for some, offense. It's a shame that whenever, and when I say shame, I'm not talking about people. I'm just talking about the, the way we hear things. The enemy has gotten us very comfortable that anytime we hear about, we hear the word tithe, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it comes up. It comes up. For those who are tithers, and we'll explain tithing in a minute. For those who are tithers, when you hear the word tithe, it says, ah, oh, I'm so blessed. Like that song, I'm so blessed, I'm so blessed. I wish I knew the rest of the words. 
But that's what comes up. And for those who don't tithe, what comes up is, I can't afford to tithe. I got too much going on in my life. I can't afford to tithe. I will tell you, um, if, if you can't afford to tithe, you will never tithe. You, you won't. But when you tithe, you will be able to tithe. It'll kick in and the blessings of God will come in your life. Now, this isn't one of those, you know, name it, claim it, um, uh, name it, claim it, frame it, hang it. <laughs> it's not one of those kinds of things. I'm talking to you about what happens in the character of a believer who has learned how to put first things first and get the benefits by living in God's economy. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about, hey, I want to get rich, and I heard when you become a Christian, you don't have any more problems, and money's just going to rain down. Money's just going to chase me. Nope. Not at all. I'm showing you how to be a kingdom man or woman in the earth that's filled with a curse. And God's not the one that's doing the cursing. I told you, after Adam's disobedience, man. And thank God for the second Adam who has delivered us from the curse of the law. What's the curse? Poverty, sickness and disease, spiritual death. And God works those ways. He works those ways. And that's why we got to stay close to him. And some of it happens miraculously. Some of it happens through discipline. Some of it happens, all kinds of things. And sometimes as we become Christians, we say, ah, I accepted Jesus. So now, favor, blessings, money, healing, it's just going to chase me down. Oh, there are certain things that we have to do. We have to do. I can't claim healing. And I'm eating sugar 24 hours a day. It's like, God, heal, heal. And all I eat is sugar and saturated fats and no vegetables, none of that. And all of a sudden, you know, the, the doctor diagnosed me with, heal, with uh, diabetes. Like, no, 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 no. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Give me them Skittles. No. We work with God. And we also work with God when it comes to these principles and finance. And that first one is tithing. So let's look a little bit in the life of Joseph. And, um, and we'll, you know, we're going we're gonna to go over this. We're going to go over this myself and some of the other leaders that will be teaching here. Um, just parenthetically, you know, putting some parentheses around this statement. I know in the coming weeks, there'll be times when I will be here on a Sunday morning, there'll be times when I won't be here on a Sunday morning, but it's just during this season. Um, but we've got amazing teachers and leaders in the house and um, outside, outside, still in the body of Christ that'll bring life and, and light. But we're going to talk about some of these things that have to do with our character. That's why this series has gone on for months. Because we're not trying to bring a new message every week. We're not trying to do that. We're trying to lay down vision. We're trying to build our character so that as a congregation, we're taking care of who we are in here, and we are quickly, like that river that rises up in Ezekiel 47, um, that river rises up, and it comes under the doorpost, and it gets out into the street. But telling people you're a Christian isn't the highlight. Being able to live out what God has developed in you is how we're able to bring lives to Jesus. 
And so we want to go through it. And that's, that's the thing that, that I love the most in terms of my, my, um, my leadership. Um, so, so, um, let's look at Joseph. Let's look at Joseph real quick. And uh, I gave you those, those points, which, which I want you to go over. Genesis 41, 33 to 36. The backdrop on this is that Joseph is now in Egypt. And the leader had a dream. He has this dream where there are these, these big fat cows and they're flowing and they're moving. And then he has, an, and, and in that dream, these skinny cows come and they eat up all, and I'm just going through it quickly. The skinny cows eat up the big cows. He wakes up. He says, whoa. Goes back to sleep, has another dream. Here are these wheat, these, uh, these shoots of grain. And some of them are just wonderful, flowing, wonderful, wind blowing on them, and it's just a great picture. And then after that, these other shoots, which are real blighty, Scripture says, blighty, and overtakes it. And now there's all this uncertainty with him. So he wakes up, and he's like, what was that about? And so he calls for all of the, you know, those who could interpret James. And then he said, you need to talk to Joseph. Joseph comes, and Joseph says, I'll tell you what's going on. You got two dreams because we're talking about confirmation. And there's going to be a time of, of plenty, and then there's going to be a time of famine. And the famine is going to be so great that you'll forget even when it was plenty. And so this is where we're going to pick up, and we're going to pick up at Genesis 41, 33 to 36. Look what he says. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers of the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming. Store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as reserved for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt. That land may not perish during the famine. But I want to I take you real quick to another scripture. This is scripture in Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Everybody say this. Say Malachi Chapter 3, verse 8. This is what he says. He says, will a man rob God? That's a statement there, isn't it? <laughs> Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. And this is what he says. You're cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring, everybody say Bring. All the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer. That's a nice and there. Not just why I pour out blessings, there won't be room enough to receive. And, everybody say and. That's like when the, in the commercials. It's like, wait, there's more. 
He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord. Says the Lord. Tithing. Tithing. What is the tithe? The tithe, the tithe is the first tenth of all your increase. It's the first tenth. And just like I said, for those of you who, who don't tithe and you haven't tithed, there's no shame. I'm not trying to bring shame. I'm trying to let you know, though, if you, you will never be able to tithe until you tithe. You're always going to say, hey, there's something. But the problem is you end up living under the curse. And God's not the one that's cursing. God's not the one that's, this is all oh, you're not tithing. God's putting a curse on you. I put a curse on you. God's not doing that. The curse is the world system. The, the, the Bible says the prince of the power of the air. That curse is out there. And God says, in my economy, if you give your first tenth, the first tenth, bring. I don't want to say give. I don't want to say give. I want to say give. Because, see, sometimes we, we, you know, thank you for that, Stephen, because you can't give what's not yours. He says, bring the tithe. Bring me mine. He says, don't rob me. I've got plans for your blessing, and I've got plans for you to get out from under the curse on the poverty side. He says, bring the tithe. What is the tithe? It's the first tenth. It's the first tenth of all your increase. It's the principle of the first that releases the blessings over our lives. And we don't see it like the principle of the first. We see it, A, A, I'll give God whatever is left if there's anything left. Remember, the first, the principle of the first is what gives the blessing. That's the difference between uh, uh, Cain and Abel. Cain just gave whatever he wanted to give. Abel gave the first fruits. It's all about the first. And we're putting that principle of the first in the mortgage payment. And our rent, am I saying don't pay your mortgage? Absolutely not. Am I saying don't pay your rent? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't pay your car note. I'm not saying don't buy food. I'm not saying don't take care of your utilities. But in this principle of coming under God's heading and his economy, he says, I want you to make me first. Don't make me last. I'm God. I'm always first. Do you understand that part? God's always first. And we have to be careful not to come into kingdom and say, oh, okay, yeah, I can give something to God. I give something. And, and, and so we make God come down to where we are. No. God, he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. I, so I want you to understand how I operate is what the Lord says. And then he says, will you rob me? Will you rob me of what I want to be first that also works out to be your blessing? And so we want, to, we want to shift. That's why I want you to read those passages of Scripture. Look at the culture. 
Look at the way he does these things. He always wants, he always wants first things, things to be first. Look at Exodus. Um, well, before you go to Exodus, let me, let me read this passage to you. Uh, Genesis 47, 26. This is, after, this is after now Joseph is the one who uh, the leader pointed to now put a plan together. He put a plan together, and this is part of Joseph's plan in verse 40, chapter 47, verse 26. It says, and Joseph made it a law over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have one-fifth except for the land of the priests only, which did not become Pharaoh's. Now, this isn't an Egyptian thing. This is an Israel thing. Pharaoh didn't say, do it this way. God's man said, this is the way it's supposed to be. There are things that no one should be able to touch. No one. No. No one. That's why we say, oh, you know what? After taxes, you know, I didn't have that. Hey. You know, God is over government. It's a building. It's a building. I got to guess. Yes, he is. I got to guess. I got to amen. When we get our resources that come in, we don't take one, two, three, four. I'm giving out money. Five, six, seven. These are all bill collectors, so these are all things that we have to do. And then we get to the end and say, oh, uh, well, I'll give God this. We can't do that. There are certain things that cannot be touched. Why? It's holy, and it belongs to God. And he wants his first. Say you have a, um, I don't know, whatever company, any kind of company. Um, you got a tech company. You got, you know, you do beauty you know, hair, nails, whatever, you got landscaping, you know, you're a baker, whatever, whatever. And you make a, you know, a contract, this is what I'll do, this is the service I'll give you, and this is my amount. And so they, let's say you, you're going to get $1,000 for the job. $1,000, be practical, but be practical. I don't want to leave it to you and say, oh, okay, let me figure out what God's trying to say here. Make it real practical. Sign a contract, and the deal is for $1,000. And so now... Somebody's whistle is like, oh, that's a good deal. So now it's time for you to get paid. What do they do? They give you 100, all in $100 bills. 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 700, 800, 900, 1,000. So you got 10 $100 bills. This is what has been given you. Where's the tithe at? Just a hundred? The first one hundred is holy. It's holy. So what shouldn't come to your mind is, oh man, I gotta make sure I, I get the uh, the battery fixed on the car. Whew, man. All right, so that's gonna be for the battery. And then we gotta get the clothes out the cleaners, and that's when the clothes out the cleaners. And then we got to pay the mortgage payment. And then utilities. And then we got to pay car insurance. Everything's due right now. 
And so that 1,000, which 90 of it is yours, 900 of it is yours, 90% of it is yours. You have taken the principle of the first and you've put it in the hands of others. And at the end, you've said, oh, yeah, I had to make sure I tithe. I had to make sure I give to God. God's looking at it a totally different way. He's like, and this isn't an angry thing, but he's saying, hey, you don't give me. I've given a hundred to you and saying, bring me what belongs to, my, to me. Does that make sense? That's how, that's how we tithe. It's based on the principle of the first. Look at Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. Exodus 13, verse 1. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate, <clears throat> excuse me, consecrate to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and beast, Whose is it? Mine. What's his? The first. The first. I just want to drill this in you as much as possible. The first. And when we make a decision that we're going to walk humbly before the Lord, then we respond to him. And somebody say, oh, Pastor, it is Old Testament. Well, I'll, I'll show you real quickly. We're about, to, we're about to wrap it up. I want to show you some things in that. Now, I want you to go down to... Um, what is that? Verse 12. Verse 12. That you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have, the males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey, you shall redeem it with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons shall redeem. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? That you shall say to him, By strength of the hand of the Lord, by strength of the hand, of hand the Lord bought us out of Egypt out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go that the Lord killed the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all the males in open wound, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. Hmm. What's he saying there? Whenever your kids get to a place and they see you riding out your tithe check. And they say to you, why are you giving so much? Why, and why are you doing it first? He says, let me tell you what happened. It was the Lord that redeemed me. It was the Lord that bought me out. I was lost in sin and he, I don't, I don't really have time to go all into it right now, but I will tell you, you know, God was the first one who tithed. He said, to, he said to them, he says, listen, um, if you've got an unclean animal, 
the very first lamb, male lamb, will redeem the unclean. And did you get that? And sometimes we balk at tithing and it's like, there's such a negative view of tithing. Do you not know that Jesus was God's tithe? How many of you were born clean? Right. We were born unclean. Now, was Jesus born unclean or clean? He was born clean. And God used that first tenth to redeem. In fact, the Bible calls him the firstborn of all creation. God sold Jesus with the purpose of getting all of us fixed. And you've got to see this when it comes to your finances. That first tenth, everything else comes out from under the curse. You say, well, pastor, I still got bills. Don't, don't worry about it. God's favor is working in such a way where you're not in the valley of the shadow of death. You are walking through, and he is the one who is with you. So we have to get this mindset that God has first, 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 first. First, don't be like Cain. Be like Abel. I'm going to bring it first. What's, what's off the top? And I had to readjust my thinking. I used to be that person to just take, hey, what can I give God? Offering time, I don't want to be the one embarrassed. Okay, all right, there you go. I don't want to just give God. I want to give him the first because the redeeming power is on the first, the 10th. It's on the 10th. So change the way you think. Now, here's the thing, here's the deal. It's a test every, every single time. And if you can't pass the test, the character test with your money, then God can't trust you with the destiny piece. Money matters so much in the kingdom. And that's also the attack that the enemy brings. Is that all that's in the world? All that's in the world. What's in the world? Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And money is woven all in there. Money makes us look good. Money makes us feel good. Money makes us and causes us to buy these things. But then Jesus said it in Mark chapter 4. He says, it's the deceitful lust, the deceitfulness of riches. So I want to be in the world, just like Joseph, but I also want to have a kingdom mindset it says, I'm not from this world. And so how does God say it? He says, honor me. First of all, when it comes to economy, honor me. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be, you can be painting houses. That's what I was doing when I first met Pam. I was just going in neighborhoods and painting houses. All of the, you know, college education and all that stuff, that came later. That's painting houses. And I'd get $300 to paint a house, but that tent belongs to the Lord. And he redeems everything else. And it's not just a money thing. The enemy wants to eat up your finances. He wants to eat up your health. He wants to eat up your family. He wants to meet, eat up your confidence. 
See, that's the all of that is under the curse. So we make up in our minds, Lord. First things first. First things first. And so whether you're you know a kid, we we walk our kids through all of this. You know, talk to talk to our sons about giving, not giving from a standpoint of you you have the power to do it, but really that where's the offering that you're bringing to the Lord? Where's that at? And they've seen it. They've seen it on both sides. They've seen what happens when they bring the offering to the Lord in the first, and they've seen it when they have it. That's why I say don't let this be a shame thing where you think, oh, man. Or for some, I didn't know. I didn't know I was supposed to give God the first tenth. So this isn't this legalistic thing. God sees your heart. But now you know, <laughs> right? Now you know, what do you do with, with it now? So I just want to bring it because your, your whole outlook and all of the benefits that come from kingdom will start to shine in your life. And it won't always result in money. I gave, I gave my tithe, where's this windfall of money? God's going to bless you, and he blesses you in incredible ways. Incredible ways. These last few weeks... Pam and I weren't blessed when it came to money. I mean, it wasn't, that wasn't, they put it this way, that wasn't the thing that came. My God, we had favor out. I just, just blow your mind. Just blow your mind. So I encourage you, walk in what God says. Do it his way first. And I've given you the passages of scripture to support it. Let's, um, let's bring this Let's bring this to a close. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase. You guys know the Hebrew word for all? All. <laughs> he said, bring it all. Bring it all with the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits of all your increase. And we read this every Sunday. David was leading us in it this morning. Look at what he says. So your barns will be filled with plenty. We say this every Sunday. We say it every single Sunday. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Where does it start? Because sometimes we can focus on, you Lord, you said my, my barns are going to be filled with plenty. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. My vats are going to open up and overflow with new wine. Can we say new wine? But what's the first part? Bring first fruits, all your increase to the Lord. So what do you do? You make a decision. Husbands and wives, make a decision. If you're single and unmarried, make a decision with the Lord. Make a decision. And if you need an accountability partner, not somebody who's going to spread the word and all that kind of stuff, but just somebody who remembered the laws of discipline. Remember the laws of discipline. A, any of y'all remember the laws of discipline? I want to get better, so I need to bring some discipline in my life. A is admit. Admit, I got a problem. I got, I got to work on this thing. B, believe God can help me. C, claim. <laughs> claim the word of God by faith. D, 
Decide in advance. And E, enlist some support. We're not supposed to be going through these things by ourselves. We learned how to get better. We learned how to get better. I thank God for my wife. That's why I tell you, my wife is the best Christian I know. She's the one that taught me how to tithe. She I grew up in church. I grew up hearing preaching and teaching since I was like this. I met my wife. She was no compromise, no compromise when it came to giving God first. No compromise. I was like, well, you all something, ain't you? <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's like that. Sometimes it's best like that when you just come fresh into the kingdom and say, huh? that's what he says. That's what the Father wants. That's what we're supposed to be doing as opposed to sometimes finding these loopholes in Christian culture. May we get to a place. And because of that, man, our marriage, when we did decide to get married, our marriage is tight. And then when we begin to release over our children, they're coming in with that mindset. And then God's going to give them even more so that when their children come, God gives. It's every generation should be more because they're all standing on shoulders. But I want to challenge you. Don't just read the offering confession. Realize that you're in a relationship with God. So husbands and wives, sit down and talk about it. Say, hey, look, honey, let's, let's start giving God the first. We heard it in scripture today. Did you feel convicted? Yeah, I felt convicted. Not condemned, but I felt convicted. I felt challenged. Yeah, let's do that. You grab hands and say, Lord, this is what we want to do. Help us. And then when the test comes on payday, say, hey, Remember, let's give him his first. And he'll work it out. He'll work everything else out. But I'm not going to wait any longer to put God first because we have this huge emergency. Put God first and get into the rhythm of putting God first and giving, get, being first and making him first with all of our increase, which means don't just give him part of a tithe. Give him the whole tithe. And he sees you. And he sees you passing that test. And it's not for a notch on your belt. It's just for greater glory to him and then for him. Does that make sense? Wave at me if that makes sense. If you're unmarried, make a commitment to God. And if you say, you know, I need some help with this commitment, then find somebody bigger than you. He says, hey, I want to do this. And you don't have to check my account every week and and be a cop. (laughs) I don't need a cop. But just, you know, I wanted to get the words out of my mouth. And I wanted to honor the Lord. And even if you're a senior, if you're a senior and, and you're on a, a certain fixed income, shift that thing around. Say, Lord, I want to put you first. God doesn't say bring all the tithe unless you're at this age, old or young, or unless you just got married, or unless you're a college student, or unless, no. It's a kingdom mindset. It's a kingdom principle that keeps us from being under the curse. He says, you're cursed with a curse. He didn't say, I'm cursing you with a curse. He says, you're cursed with a curse, and I'm identifying that curse. But if you prove me with this principle, I'll open up windows of heaven and do what? Pour out. A blessing. What kind of blessing? 
you won't have room enough to receive. You'll have to say, God, stop! Or, God, who do you want me to give this extra to? <laughs> All right? So that's, that's the test. You want to get a chance to take it? Sometimes you take it all throughout the month. Sometimes you, get it, you take it once a week. Sometimes you take it because somebody came up to you and said, hey, I just want to bless you with this. And, Ooh, free, bless you, Lord. First increase. Somebody bless you with $100. You give God which of the $100? The first 10. The first 10. Come on, Madeline. The first 10. That's what you give him. And then make sure you give in secret. So he can reward you. You give in secret. You give in secret. You give in secret. I gave God the first. Now, if you're trying to, you know, help people, and you know, you got a person, he's like, "Look, this is this is the testimony of God. This is what happened, and this is what He did." It doesn't mean that you won't be subject to some of the stuff trying to happen. He said that. Uh, no weapon formed against you will prosper. He didn't say the, 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 the weapon wouldn't form. He said the weapon that is formed wouldn't prosper. Okay? So, anyway, look at somebody and say, I needed this. I needed this. I needed this. All right, here we go. We're, we're done on the teaching side. Grab your, did you get an offering? I mean, a, a communion when you came in? If you didn't, raise your hand. If you didn't get a communion cup, 